Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today and just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful weather that you provided after the storm yesterday, Lord. It's always great to see the, the sunrise after a storm and just the, the calm that you provide with your, with your love and just what you provide, Lord. Lord, be it Pastor Brian as he goes forth today and, and breaches on Exodus um, inside there. Lord, be with everyone. Make sure they're well rested today, Lord. Uh, we have a we have a long race to run for you, Lord, and we want to give you the honor and glory. So, Lord, you know, give us the rest for the day because starting Wednesday we have to hit the ground running, Lord. We have five thousand Bibles and thirty thousand John and Romans that need to go out to Central and South America, Lord. So, just thank you for giving us the opportunity to put our hands to the Word so it goes around the world. And Lord, we just lift this time up to you in your great and holy name. Amen. All right, guys. So if you would, please turn to your book, John. We're still in John 1. And you know what? The great thing, I've, I've always remembered this. One of the first um, mission conference, a vision conferences I ever attended here at HBF, way back. Yeah, well, think about it. How old are you, Elias? Eleven. So eleven years from now, you weren't even born yet. When I, the first HBF Vision Conference, I think I attended, was in two thousand eight. Yeah. So, and the one thing that stood out that still resonates, and that's the thing, is there's always a message. There's something that stands out and just resonates in my heart. It just. It just molds me. And Brian Clark said this. Missionary Brian Clark to Great Britain or England um, said this. Go ahead and make plans. God is going to change them. It's okay. God, go ahead and make plans. Pray over your plans. But God may change them. And when those changes happen, you have to remember, as frustrating as it may get, or you put a lot of time and effort, remember... It's God's plan. God wants you to succeed at this. And so having that ability to be flexible and being in the will of God and submitting to his change actually makes us stronger. So Brian Clark is right when he says this. Go ahead and make plans. God will make changes. And it's okay. It is okay. It's how we react to it is where we get the blessing or the cursing. And when I'm talking about cursing, not curse words, but we get caught up in our sin and our flesh. And if it's not honoring God, it's not, you know, it's not a blessing to the Lord. It's we're not giving back to the Lord. It kind of becomes a cursing. So just kind of remember and the reason I say that is after listening yesterday at the men's breakfast and listening to Ray Stewart and listen to Brady Barnes who organizes this, it just kind of pricked my heart. We may need to pull back. I was going to go through and just do a, a quick study on John. It was laid on my heart. No, we need to do more in John. There's so much. And I'm not trying to make you guys pastors or anything else. I want to keep it age appropriate. I want to keep it so it works for you guys. But I want to get you guys some good information that God's laid upon my heart. So last week when we were going through here with our memory verses, we just focused on, we just focused on the Word. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
we were establishing God's authority. And that's, remember, what we're talking about inside John is we have the sovereignty of Jesus Christ or the right for Jesus Christ to be king of kings and the ruler in our lives. So we have established that. And this goes back to the Bible. So what we do at HBF, just so don't, I'm going to throw big words out today, we do what's called expository preaching and teaching. So what we do is we look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? Now, we've, we've kind of went through that on some Wednesday night studies. You know, we talked about how hate is murder. Even though you didn't actually physically kill someone, having an attitude of hate is actually murder. And then we saw that in First John, which is also the author of the Gospel of John. So this is kind of kind of amazing to kind of see how this is going. So we see um, inside of here. I want to pick up right here, because again, there's a lot inside this first chapter of John. And this one is kind of laid on here. And we'll pick up in verse 6. So if you open up your Bibles, uh, let's go to First John, or John, the Gospel of John, 1 6. Because we want to we want to talk about another John. And this can get a little confusing, and I understand I get a little confused sometimes. But that is okay. That's why we're going to use the Bible. We're going to kind of help define it. So in John 1 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness. I'm going to come back to that here in a second. To bear witness of the light. All right. There's two things there you should be picking up on that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light, of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the world, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And know the fullness that we all receive grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom, the bosom of the Father, which he, which he hath, excuse me, Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? Or he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou, art thou that, art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. When they said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight 
the way of the Lord as the prophecy Isaiah said. And they which were sent and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him unto him, Why baptize why why baptizest thou then, if thou not be that Christ nor Elias neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there one but there standeth one among you who ye, ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchets I am not worthy to unloose. Remember that. I'm going to come back to that here in a second. These things were done in Batharaba, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. All right. So I want to go through here, and I want to kind of look at a couple things, and I want to come back in here. The first thing I want to talk about is who is John? He's also known as John the Baptist, where we get our foundation. We're an independent Baptist church. So who is John the Baptist? You guys, can anyone have any, can someone tell me something about John the Baptist? Yes, Bryson. He did baptize Jesus. He jumped the gun, but that's exactly right. That's fine. Um, he did baptize Jesus. Elias, you had one? Nope. All right. Well, let's, let's learn about John the Baptist. There's, there's some things here. Um, before we get into that, I want to go through here. Um, the same came in verse seven. It says the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. So we already have some information here. We should know what's another word for witness. Come on. Testimony. Great. Thank you, Audrey. A testimony. Remember, we talked about that. We were going over over the summer. A testimony. It's a witness. You're, you're given an account of something that's going on. So if you ever see witness, this is a testimony of the light. Now we also see light is capitalized. What does that mean? It's very important. But beyond that, since the first letter is capitalized, what does that mean? It is a proper name. Remember that? The light. So put it in perspective. So, all right, my name is Raymond, right? My, My legal name is Raymond. I go by Ray. So when I write Ray on a document or I, I write it on a piece of paper, I still capitalize the first letter, which is R. And you guys would do the same thing. So Bryce and yours is a B a B. So if we call you Bry or we come up with B Man or something like that, I'm just coming up with names. Is a name for you. It's a proper name. You may not like the nickname, but it is a name and it's proper. You would capitalize that. And so we've seen that, you know, and when we started the study of John, the word, word is capitalized. It's a proper name. Now, John the Baptist is coming through. He's bearing witness. He's sharing a testimony of the light, not a light. You know, not like these. These are lights. These are lowercase. These are just a name um, with that. So that is, um, you know, these are objects, you know, inside of here. So again, um, those are objects. This is not a proper name. So we have this. And here's the thing that we've seen as you go through and study out the Bible. 
the light has been in the world from the beginning. Remember in the beginning, if we go back to Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth from nothing right here. And so he was here to go through here and the world doesn't know him. The world didn't know who God is. They refuse to accept who God is. And it all goes back to our sin nature, that sin in our flesh, thinking that we know better than God. It's a it's an eye issue. And I've, I've demonstrated this before. What's in the middle of sin? I, the letter I. You put yourself before God. What's in the middle of the word pride? I. Again, pride. P-R-I-D-E. What's in the middle of it? I. You see that? You, you start seeing that part of that is when we put ourselves before God, it becomes selfishness. Sin is based on selfishness. No other word for it. Sin is selfishness. We think we know better than God, so we'll go first. That is a sin. And they just didn't want to accept that. So when Adam and Eve sinned and were expelled from the garden... God still provided for them. And then we had the story of Cain and Abel where Cain killed his brother out of jealousy. Pride. And so sin just kept on going and there was sin just kept on just kept on reproducing itself. The world didn't know the light. They refused it. And to, to the point where God had to flood the earth. He had to execute judgment. And it's when he used Noah. So kind of think about that. The world did not know him. It was so bad that God flooded the earth. Thank goodness for Noah being a man of righteousness. And God chose to save him and his family and to preserve so we can go forward. But you notice, though, sin still creeps in. And so the world doesn't know who Jesus Christ is. We're running into that now. You guys are experiencing it. There are people out there that do not know who Jesus Christ is inside of here. So, again, John's bringing that testimony forward here. So, again, we want to talk about who John the Baptist is. Well, let's go back in here. We're going to stay in the Gospels. Let's go over here into Matthew. Jump over here to Matthew 1. And so, as we go through here in our Bibles, go ahead and get to Matthew 1. We have the generations here. So this is kind of an overview because we need to see who John the Baptist is. So we know who Jesus' mother is. We know the Christmas story. You know, Mary, a virgin who was married to Joseph, but they had not um, known each other um, physically. Mary was, or she was promised to be married to Joseph. I, I forget the two right there, but... Mary's a virgin. That's a big thing. And she becomes, you know, she, she bears Jesus Christ into the world in the flesh. So we have to know who Mary is. So we know who Mary is. And we get the lineage um, right here through the Bible. And this also goes back to Genesis. So these match up in the Bible here. I'm going to move over here a little bit further. And I'm going to go through here. And I'm going to jump over to... Um, Matthew 3. Alright. 
And in those days came John the Baptist. This is the same John that we're talking about in John 1, in 1, 1.6. We have John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that spoken of by, of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and leather and girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. He was living off the land. Then went out of Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around, round about Jordan, and, when, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers! who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able to do, to do, is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And, and now also the axe is laid unto the roots of the tree. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That's a picture. It's a couple pictures. Uh, a picture of a tree, which is a picture of the nation of Israel. If you're not bringing forth good fruit, you will be chopped down. Your roots will be dug up, and you will be thrown into a fire. Nick, you've been collecting a lot of wood with the tree damage here? No, you haven't? I saw your trailer the other day, so I know you were picking up some. We picked up, I mean, I've been putting up brush. Okay. Right. trying to get ready for winter, but yeah. Yep, so... You guys have a bunch no, I just, I just knew that our neighbor had that one tree, the branch, big branch come down. and But you take care of that with your business, and you just throw it out there. It's no longer good fruit. It's not... It's damaged. And what he's done, he's taken it, and he's got a burn pile out at his house. And, and what he's going to do, he's going to let it dry out a little bit. He's going to put a little diesel on it. Boom! bonfire and so that's a picture of that that's a picture of eternity if you're not bearing good fruit inside of her so kind of be aware of that but John goes through here and continues here he goes I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire that's huge. It's the one thing that we talk about. You know, we're not, we're baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's salvation. That's when we cry out. And I want to talk about this real quick um, inside of here because the word repentance comes up. And this one gets taken out of context. And when we talk about context, they don't take the true meaning of what's going on here. The one thing I like to use, and this is, I'm, I'm, I modified it slightly, but the gist of it's still the same. Pastor Randy likes to define repentance. This is, this is paraphrased. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of heart, which leads to a change in action. So there's three changes inside of here. So, you know, you think about that repentance. We talk about ABCs. 
We have to admit we're sinners. In our mind, we have to have a change of mind in our lifestyle. I was living a life that was not glorifying God. I was seeking God, and I didn't know I was seeking God. I knew there was more to life than what I was doing and where I was at in the world. And so I was seeking God, so I had a change of mind. But I couldn't complete that change. It took my great friends, Bill and Tiffany Foreman, and their daughters, just coming over here, Ray, why don't you come to church with us? Ray, why don't you come? And they did not quit. They were unrelenting. That's what it took. And once I got into church, I did not spontaneously combust. Nothing bad happened to me. I sat there and said, okay. And I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed going to that church that I was at. So there was the change of mind. And it took a while for the change of heart. You know, we talk about a hard heart. It takes a while to massage it. Everyone worked with clay before? You guys ever modeled with clay? It takes a while. It takes, when you get a chunk of clay, it's hard. It takes a little bit. You may have to break off chunks of it, and you start working it. And you start working it, and it becomes pliable. That's the same thing with a hard heart. God's doing the same thing. He's molding it. He's going through. He's kneading it. He's softening your heart. And so as he goes through it, and then he's able to create a vessel of honor when you're ready to become that vessel. That's salvation. And that's what repentance is, is a change of mind and a change of heart that leads to a change in action. That's saying, yes, I'm a sinner. That's bending your knee and saying, yes, Lord, I believe Jesus Christ rose again, died for my sins, rose again on the third day, and just confessing it. That's the change of action. That's repentance as a whole. And so many people pervert the word repentance as works. It's not works. It, it's it's what's happened inside of there. Again, a change of mind, which leads to a change of heart, which leads to a change in action. What are you going to do about it? And that's what we're trying to do as well. We're not trying to make you repent inside of here, but we want you to have a change of mind. Many of you guys have already accepted Jesus Christ. So I'm not talking about that, but we want to take change your mind said about reading the Bible and understanding this. And we might have a changed heart. That's why we focus on your memory verses right up here. We want you to hide thy word in thy heart so you may not sin against thee. That's why we want you to do that. And when that happens, the action change that happens is supernatural. It's the Holy Spirit working through here. That's what we're talking about with repentance. It just happens. It's not anything you do. It's just you submitting inside of here. And remember right here, I told you in John 1, he said he's not worthy to unlace the shoe latchets of the one that comes. You're right. We're not worthy. That's hard to admit. I'm not worthy. If Jesus Christ was to show here right now, I'm not worthy. I'm still a sinner. I still struggle. We all do. But he still loves us. He gives us that grace. He gives us that grace. He still loves us. He goes, yes, you're right. You're not worthy. But I still love you. That's huge. That means a lot. 
even though we're not worthy, we're still loved. And he's still going to say, okay, come. The ones that do not know him, those are the ones that are going to go through. They're going to meet judgment. We talked about it. You know, a lake of fire is the eternity for those that do not want to know who Jesus Christ is. John the Baptist is warning them of this. And we see it here in Matthew. Let's look about something else about John as well. So that just kind of goes in here. Again, this is what we call expository. We saw it in John. We just saw something very similar over here in Matthew 3. Let's look over here in Mark 1. Again, we have another account um, inside of here. So again, we're going to stay in the Gospels here. Mark 1. All right, so here we go. So it says, The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we have Jesus Christ. So remember, we talked about the authority and God's right to, um, or Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the Son of God. As it is written in Prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Who do you think he's talking about? Who is that messenger before Jesus Christ? John the Baptist. Exactly. And and it was promised in the prophets. It was promised in the prophets. This 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 is incredible. What, guys, I'm trying to share with you is I want you to start seeing a bigger picture with with the Lord. As you read the Bible, it should start triggering. Who is John? Who is John the Baptist? As you go through and you're reading John, you should you should start asking questions. How does this apply? These are questions. This is when you pray to the Lord and say, "Hey, please share this with me. I want to have understanding." This opens up there. Now, do you guys ever read those books where you can read through like a couple of pages and it gives you alternate endings and it tells you to go page here and you have to jump over there and read it or it gives you those options? Have you read those kind of books before? I read survival Okay. So some of you guys have read those kind of books. So there's books out there and, there's, they're, they're, and they have different storylines like what if. So you get to choose the storyline. So you get to, you read through like two or three pages and you get a little bit of information. And at the end of it, it'll say, hey, if you want to see this, go to pages such and such here. Or if you want to see this, go over here to this page. They got that inspiration from the Bible. The Bible's the same way. But we have to, but the difference is they don't tell us where to go look. We have to go through and read the Bible so we can find it. It's part of the mystery of Christ and what God's doing here because he doesn't want to just give everyone the answers because he doesn't want just people to regurgitate. He wants people to actually embrace it. So that's why the Bible is set up the way it is. Is it can go through. And it is actually divided up a little bit differently too. It's not it's not like our history book where we start chronologically or on a timeline. We start at point A and end at point B and we go in between all that steps. It's not like that. So it kind of points back and forth right here. 
And then here you go. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Well, who's in the wilderness living off the land? John the Baptist. He was eating locusts and wild honey. Sounds yummy. Actually, wild honey is good. I'm just big locusts. And now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidebar here on that. So years ago, I don't know if anyone's ever done this. Joe Hendrigsman brought in. Was it Joe Hendrigsman? He brought in crickets. It's actually a delicacy in Oaxaca. He brought in. Okay, it was for sale. Hang on. So as as we were doing it, so it, it was the first vision conference. I think uh, Joe Hendrickson was here. Him and Amy were here, and he brought in a jar full of lime flavored crickets. Was it not pizza flavored? No, it was lime flavored. I remember. And you know what? How many of you guys know Cookie? Oh. All right, you guys know Cookie. Uh-oh. All right. That's what I love about Jason Cook. Jason Cook comes up and says, Hey, Ray, I'll try one if you try one. Guess what? We did. wasn't great. It was, it was just, they were too dry, actually. The lime flavor was all right. It was weird having eaten the legs and everything. No, they were nasty. Hey, but this is what John the Baptist was doing in the wilderness. He was living off of this. Yes, Jackson. Protein. They tasted like chips. Just barbecue chips. What? Yep. So, guys, it's it's possible, but you know what? What would make it better is the honey. All right, guys, sidebar, stop. Bring it back in. Thank you. So, again, he was living off in the wilderness. He was eating locusts and wild honey. The wild honey will make it sweet. And God's word is sweeter than honey. And honey is actually the naturally sweetest thing in the world. You don't think that's by accident? That's all never goes bad. Naturally. She had a, naturally sweet. Oh, I'm sure she is. But sweeter than honey. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Nick Nick has one right there. I mean, I'm talking about food substance. All right, there we go. Touche, you win. It's also one of the only ones that uh, has a long shelf life naturally. Yeah, so... It actually never goes bad. It doesn't go bad. You have to reheat it, but you don't nuke it. You don't put it in the microwave. Never microwave honey. Here's the thing. Think about this. God made it perfect. It's antibacterial. Um, it's sweet. It, it supplements food very well. Uh, one thing I like on my toast or biscuits, just biscuits and honey. Um, it's very sweet and very good. A little butter too, but got, you know, it, it made it, the honey very sweet. It can be used for healing. Um, inside it, it can be used as a treatment for, uh, first degree burns. Second and third, you have to be careful with. But it could be treat, used as a treat, treatment for minor burns and minor cuts. It'll heal there. So, 
I mean, so honey is just perfect right there. And again, you see here in verse 7 in Mark 1, 7, it says, And preach, there cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. The one thing I want to come back to um, inside of here is he's right. We're not worthy, but God, through his Son, made us worthy. He goes, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And then we have a bigger description of what's going inside of here. Of what's uh, what happens with it. I want to jump over here and jump over to Luke 1 now. So again, we're in the Gospel still. Again, we're just getting some information about John the Baptist. Okay. So in John or in Luke one, Luke's very there's a long um, story here, and, or I shouldn't say a story. It's a long account. So we have Zacharias, um, who is his father, and Zacharias is married to a lady named Elizabeth. Well, Elizabeth is the cousin of Mary. Think about this; they're cousins. So Elizabeth and Mary are cousins. Separated by generation, uh, Elizabeth is an older lady. Um, there's like an age difference, but she is still family inside of here. Now I want to go over here. So we go through the story here, starting in 27. To a virgin espoused to a man who, whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art thou highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she had saw him, she was troubled and saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. God has blessed her. And behold, and thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. So again, we talk about the Christmas story. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And, uh, and, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over his house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there shall be no end. This is what we say with Jesus Christ. The kingdom is forever. But we're talking the kingdom of God. So I'm down to 30... Um, 33, I just finished 33, and then 34 says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So we establish Jesus Christ as the Son of God. But I want to go through here, because this is the next part. So I want to establish who God is and Jesus Christ is. God is the Father. Jesus Christ is the Son. So we have this relationship established. And now in verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth. All right, so Mary's cousin is Elizabeth. So we're establishing how this ties in together. We're seeing a bigger picture 
as we come in here. She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. So Elizabeth has been blessed. So if you read the first part of Luke, you'll see that God is doing something as well. For um, And so in verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. That's another verse here that we can go back and re- go back and reference. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, which is Philippians four thirteen. Nothing is impossible for God; He strengthens us. Nothing's impossible. And Mary said, "Behold, the handmaid of the Lord be unto me according to Thy word." And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered in the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. She greeted her cousin. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So who is the mother of John the Baptist? Elizabeth. What did John the Baptist do? No, he did that. What did he just do what we just read? He leaped for joy. He's in the womb. He knew he was in the presence of his cousin, actually, if you think about it, but also he presence of the of the Lord through his son. He leaped inside of there. And she spake out of a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is, it, whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. we got to have joy for the Lord. We have to have that joy. That's why we do this. This is why we go forward. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told from her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So we have some relationships. We always talk about relationships here at HBF. We have a relationship. We have Mary and Elizabeth who are family. We have family members in here right now. We have brothers and sisters. We have cousins inside of here. We have friends that we consider family. So there is something that brings together. It's in a certain, and we call those relationships. We have relationships. There was a relationship that was established when the Lord chose Elizabeth and when the Lord chose Mary. He found favor in those ladies. Those are vessels of honor to have John the Baptist come forward and prepare the way. He's only six months older than the Lord Jesus Christ in earth years, if you think about it. Maybe a little bit more, but six months. But the big thing that I like about John the Baptist is he had a humble attitude. He knows he's not worthy. He's right. We're not worthy. But Christ gives us that grace that allows us to be worthy. It's through grace that we're saved. 
It's not the repentance. That's we don't we don't get saved by repentance. Because remember, repentance is a change of mind, which leads to a change of heart, which leads to a change in action. Repentance doesn't save us. It's crying out to the Lord to have that relationship. And when you cry out, and when I say cry out, I'm not saying, you know, you got to physically cry out and break down. No, you just confess it. And again, remember, salvation is ABCs. Admit you're a sinner. Believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for our sins, was buried and rose again on the third day. And we have to confess it. We have to get to that point inside here. But again, we see who John the Baptist is. He is, in essence, the cousin, flesh and blood cousin of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So he has an importance, and he's humble enough that he doesn't want to be a burden, that he's living off the land. He lives in the wilderness inside of the, um, there's this living off locusts and honey. And people question him, you're not worthy, you're not, you don't look clean. And John was baptizing, I'm not, only God can make you clean, he can make you whole. That's what he's doing. That's what the baptism is. Baptism is a picture of salvation, making us whole with the Lord. That's why you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We do two ordinances, two commandments from the Lord in regards to our salvation. One is baptism. And again, you'll hear the pastors or whoever's baptizing in the tank in the sanctuary. We... This water is nothing special. It's water that comes out of water district, whatever it is that we get. It's clean. It's it's not that. It's it's the heart. It's the change of heart that's leaving a change in action. That's the baptism. A water is just a picture of it. And again, the water is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a picture. That's what John was doing. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not understand that. It's a picture. It doesn't do anything. The thing that's being done is right here. It's that change of heart, which leads to a change in our life. All right? Well, we'll just wrap it up here. Um, Again, if you guys have questions, please, please ask. Don't be afraid. Yes, Elizabeth. In history, a couple weeks ago, my history teacher was talking about Indians, but he was also talking about how the Indians and that stuff was happening like, when Adam and Eve were created. And he like, really was about that. So that one's a little bit different. That'd be a good Wednesday night study. And what it is, is remember of Noah. So think about this God flooded the earth inside of her. So again, how do we get Native Americans or Indians, as we like to, as we know them at? And so the question really comes back to, it goes back to the flood. Remember, God flooded the earth, not just part of the earth. He flooded the whole earth because of the corruption of man and the sin. He wanted to get rid of it. And so what he did is he flooded the earth, got rid of everyone else except for Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives and all the animals on the ark. 
And when they finally got to dry land, they came back out and they were commissioned to repopulate the earth. Well, some habits formed up again. Some bad habits started happening. Some bad sin. We get to the point of the Tower of Babel where people were getting together and they say, oh, we can build on a tower and we can reach God. At that point, God said, uh-uh, time out, stop. He confounded the language so they cannot communicate together. And so um, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, I think is Japheth, um, they went through and they were separated. And they went to three different ends of the world. And I forget which direction they were. I have to look that up. But they went out. And, they, and DNA has actually proven this, that we all come back to one set of genes. And that would be Adam and Eve. <coughs> Science has proven this with genetic code and DNA. So the people that are Native American and the Aborigines that live in Australia, the Aboriginal people, people in India and China, Africans, people that live in the continent of Africa, people who live up in Europe, they all came from one source. And it's been proven. DNA has proven it. I wish I had that special on that from PBS, but PBS actually proven that they all share the same genetic code. Even DNA, it, even, God, even DNA itself says God. Exactly. Yeah, it has a genetic sequence, and if you put that into the Hebrew alphabet, it then it goes to uh, another word you're learning God. Oliver is amazing, because wow. you know what? No, my mom, I'm not about it. I know, that's what I'm saying. And you're able to, just, as as you're able to come in here and and share that, that's that's incredible. So guys, just remember, John the Baptist isn't just the dude. He was actually a humble servant for the Lord, and he was part of the way to go forward. So as you read your Bible, think about how does this apply? There's more we need to do on John the Baptist. I didn't get to it all today. Um, I want to come back next time. Again, remember, we're not meeting on Wednesday or Sunday this next week. <coughs> Bible conference kicks off. Also, your challenge is, you guys already know half the memory verse. You guys should be able to come over here and do the whole memory verse. I want John 3, 16 and 17 in its entirety. Okay? With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's go ahead and get into the service.